<laughs> Welcome back, 2022 in headlines. This is our tribute to Meat Love. Hope you enjoy. So in headlines today, rock legend Meatloaf has passed away at the age of 74. We're sorry for his loss. We are going to miss him. Because we're going to miss him, I'm going to put in this episode a tribute to Meatloaf. Martin Lee Day, better known as Meatloaf, was an American singer and actor. He was noted for his powerful, wide-ranging voice in theatrical live shows. His Bad Out of Hell trilogy, Bad Out of Hell, Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, and Bad Out of Hell 3, The Monster Is Loose, has sold more than 65 million albums worldwide. More than four decades after its release, the first album still sells an estimated 200,000 copies annually and stayed on the charts for over nine years, making it one of the best-selling albums in history. After the commercial success of Bad Out of Hell and Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, and earning a Grammy Award for Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance for the song I'd Do Anything For Love. Meatloaf nevertheless experienced some difficulty establishing a steady career within the United States. This did not stop him from becoming one of the best-selling music artists of all time, with worldwide sales of more than 80 million records. The key to this success was his retention of iconic status and popularity in Europe, especially the United Kingdom, where he received the 1994 Brit Award for Best Selling Album and Single, appeared in the 1997 film Spice World, and ranks 23rd for the number of weeks spent on the UK charts, as of 2006. He ranks 96th on VH1's 100 Greatest Artists of Hard Rock. Sometimes credited as Meatloaf a day, he has also appeared in over 50 movies and television shows, sometimes as himself or as characters resembling his stage persona. His most notable film roles include Eddie in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and Bob Paulson in Fight Club. His early stage work included dual roles in the original cast of the Rocky Horror Show, and he was also in the musical Hair, both on and off Broadway. In December 1978, Meatloaf went to work with Steinman in Woodstock, New York, where his future wife, Leslie G. Edmonds, was working as a secretary at Bearsville Studios. They were married within a month. From a previous marriage, Leslie had a daughter named Pearl, who later married Anthrax rhythm guitarist Scott Ian. In 1979, he and his family moved to Stamford, Connecticut. In 1981, Leslie gave birth to Amanda Day, later a television actress. For a brief time after Amanda's birth, they lived in Westport, Connecticut. Meatloaf said that Pearl once came home crying while in fifth grade because she had the wrong type of jeans, prompting him to move the family to Reading, Connecticut, which he said is much more of a blue-collar, working-class kind of town, and it really didn't make any difference what kind of jeans you were wearing. He coached children's baseball or softball in each of the Connecticut towns where he lived. In 1998, the family relocated to California. Meatloaf and Leslie divorced in 2001. He married Deborah Gillespie in 2007. 
1984, Meat Loaf legally changed his first name from Marvin to Michael. He was a fan of the New York Yankees and a fantasy baseball player, participating in multiple leagues every season. He also expressed support for the English football team Hartlepool United FC. In June 2008, he took part in a football penalty shootout competition on behalf of two cancer charities in Newcastle-upon-Tyne. He auctioned shots to the 100 highest bidders and then took his place between the goalposts. He also participates in celebrity golf tournaments. In 2003, while reporting on Meatloaf's support for Hartlepool United FC, the BBC claimed that he was seeking a residence in the team's hometown. During a June 2012 show in Austin, Texas, he announced that he had moved to Austin a month prior. He currently resides just outside Calabasas, California. He has revealed that he has social anxiety and said, I never meet anybody much in a social situation because when I go into a social situation, I have no idea what to do. He says that he does not even go anywhere and that he feels he leads a boring life, saying that he completely freaked when having to attend a party and that he was so nervous, so scared of the idea. He has also said that he spends time with fellow musicians mainly in work-related situations rather than social ones. Meatloaf was a vegetarian from 1981 to 1992. He declared in 2019 that he would try veganism for Veganuary in 2020, and would be partnering with UK restaurant chain Frankie and Benny's to promote its vegan options. Discussing the confusion caused by his contrasting stage name and dietary habits, he once told Entertainment Weekly, there've been vegetarians who wouldn't speak to me because of my name. I was sitting with John Bon Jovi at one of those awards things, and I say, oh, man, I love Katie Lang. I'd really like to meet her. They went to find out if it was okay, and she goes, no. His name is Meatloaf. I stopped being a Katie Lang fan after that. Accidents and Incidents in 1978, the singer jumped off a stage in Ottawa, breaking his leg. He finished his tour performing in a wheelchair. In October 2006, Meatloaf's private jet had to make an emergency landing at London Stansett Airport after the plane's forward landing gear failed. In July 2011, Meatloaf fainted on stage while performing in Pittsburgh. He collapsed again while on stage in Edmonton in June 2016 due to severe dehydration after having already cancelled two other shows due to illness. The playback containing his pre-recorded, voiceover vocal track continued while he lay unconscious on the stage, which caused controversy over lip-syncing. At the 2019 Texas Frightmare Horror Convention, Meatloaf fell off an interview stage and broke his collarbone. Politics Meatloaf was not officially registered with any political party. He performed at the 1997 pre-inauguration ball for re-elected Democratic President Bill Clinton and attended the 2001 inauguration of Republican President George W. Bush. He donated to the presidential campaigns of Republican candidates Rick Santorum and John McCain, the latter of whom became the party's candidate in 2008's election. On October 25, 2012, Meatloaf endorsed Mitt Romney for president, citing poor relations with Russia as a major reason he had been arguing for Mitt Romney for a year. He said, I have never been in any political agenda in my life, but I think that in 2012 this is the most important election in the history of the United States. He then said there are storm clouds over the United States and thunderstorms over Europe. There are hailstorms, and I mean major hailstorms. Dash in the Middle East. There are storms brewing through China, through Asia, through everywhere. The same day, he performed America the Beautiful standing next to Romney. In a 2017 interview with Billboard, 
He said multiple positive things about Donald Trump, Ivanka and Donald Jr. Meatloaf died on January 20, 2022, at the age of 74. No cause of death was released by his family or representatives immediately. My oldest.
psychiatrist for two years uh, and I, I went with him to deal with the word star. Meek got a hold of his demons. He starred on stage and screen. Known for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Wow. And Bob Paulson Fight Club. First rule is I'm not supposed to talk about it. And the second rule is I'm not supposed to talk about it. And the third rule Bob, is Bob. I'm a member. Off screen, he married twice, became a father to two daughters. And Meatloaf entered reality TV, Donald Trump's celebrity apprentice. In an infamous episode, he blistered Gary Busey. You look in my eyes, I am the last person in the world you ever wanna with! Such harsh yelling, a stark contrast to what launched Meatloaf to international adoration, that operatic voice. So there, 
there was a time, Casey, where we would listen to music on things called boomboxes, these, you know, cassette players with big speakers, and I would have it on classic rock all summer long in my summer jobs. And I just remember, you know, several times a day, they would play Paradise by the Dashboard Lights or Bat Out of Hell, and I would always love it. Uh, just the songs are just, frankly, terrific. They're iconic. I mean, what a life he had. I, even, you know, those I, those of us around here who are a little too young to remember Meatloaf, I, I do remember him, but we've been working with some people who don't. They know the music. It's ubiquitous. It's been in our lives for so long. Um, I, our, our thoughts and, and, and prayers go out uh, to his family and everyone who's missing him, and that, that's going to include uh, all of us here. I, I will say the only chance I ever got to see Meatloaf perform live was at a Mitt Romney campaign event, of all places. Uh, but I remember it really sticks out uh, in my mind as uh, something that, that, that was really, <laughs> really amazing uh, to witness. Um, I'm sure that's something you will never, ever <laughs> forget. I will not. Again, our thoughts with the family of Me Love this morning. Oh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, so good! So Rocky good. Horror Picture Show, I remember, you know, remember staying up all night in the 70s. You know, going go to those shows. I'm ex- exaggerating <laughs> a little bit, but so good!
his health problems worsened in his 60s, causing multiple collapses on stage. But for the fans who thrilled to the fantasy world of Bat Out of Hell, Meatloaf always delivered. It was a fabulous concert. Well, thank you very much. For an old man, I go for it. For an old lady, I liked it. <laughs> the audience is always the most important thing to me. I'm going to fucking cry here. Um, because I live for these people that spent the money on these seats. And they mean more to me than I do to myself.
there to wind up, and there it is, a line shot up the middle. Look at him go, this boy can really fly. He's drowning first and really turning on now. He's not letting up all, he's going to drive the second. The ball is bottled out in center, and here comes the throw, and what a throw. He's going to slide in head first, here he comes. He's out. No way safe, safe back second base. This kid really makes things happen out there. Banner steps up to the plate. Here's the pitch, and he's going, and what a jump he's got. He's trying to third. Here's the throw.
six months old decided he would call me meat now I know a lot of people think oh he gave himself that name oh, let me tell you this if I had given myself that name I should have been committed years ago so uh, they said to me uh, meat you've got like three or four minutes and I said to them who do you think I am, John Bon Jovi? Have you ever heard Bad Out of Hell? It's 12 minutes long. So I want to tell you a few things that got me started into this business. And the first one was when I was a sophomore in high school and I had to go to study hall the first semester. Well, my Indian name is Never Shuts Up. And so I couldn't stand study hall, so they had an elective, and the elective was drama. And I said, well, that sounds like a good place to go. At least I can, don't have to be quiet. And uh, I went in to drama, you know, and sat in the back of the room and thought it was going to be funny. But it really became part of me at that moment. And I went on and, and did plays in high school and did the lead in the musical my senior year. And, and eventually, eventually, I, uh, this is a true story, I go uh, to get a job at the Aquarius Theater parking cars because I needed money. And I'm standing out at 10 o'clock in the morning and there's about, it seemed like 40,000, there wasn't, but people lined up to audition for hair. And uh, a guy pulls up and he gets out of the car and my friend Barney says, this is Meatloaf. And he said, Meatloaf? And Barney goes, yeah. And he says, what do you do? I said, I'm an actor and a singer. And he said, well, why aren't you auditioning? And I said, I wouldn't stand in that kind of line for food. <laughs> and uh, so he said, well, you don't have to stand in line. He said, come on in. 
So I went in. He set me. In. He said, "Sit in this seat right here." He walked down to some hippie-looking guy on a pillow, walked back to me, and said, "You go up next." So I walked up on the stage, and uh, the piano player said, uh, "What did you bring to sing?" I said, "I didn't bring anything to sing." Now I don't know anything about music, and when I'm around musicians, I need an interpreter. Um, but so, but I did know this, and it made me sound really good. Uh, I need a 16-bar blues with no turnaround. I don't know. And so, I sing a song. The world is all right. It's the people that make it bad. And uh, I got through the first verse, and this guy sitting on the pillow said to me, "What are you doing tonight?" And I said, "Well." I'm hoping that I get the job in the parking lot parking cars. And he said, "Well, how would you like to do the musical hair?" And I said, "Great." So I got signed to do the musical in L.A. But the guy that I signed up to replace never quit. So they came to me and they said, "How would you like to go to New York and be on Broadway?" And I went, "Okay." Hey, I don't know. I'm a kid. So、uh, the the great thing is when I was doing it on Broadway is that I got an extra twelve dollars and fifty cents a week, not to do the nude scene, to make sure that there would be people there for the second act. And after a while in New York. I met a fellow by the name of Joe Papp, and Joe Papp took me under his wing and really taught me how to act. And I became the 13th actor in history on salary full time for the New York Public Theater. And、uh, <laughs> Joe Papp called me up on the phone. He said, "I want you to come down." We're doing a, we're doing Shakespeare in the park, and I want you to read for it. So I went down. I read for for Shakespeare, and the director looked at me and he said, "That was possibly the worst reading of Shakespeare I've ever heard in my entire life." And Joe Papp leaned over to him. And Joe said to me, "Take the script home. Here's four characters. Pick one." Hey, I'm a young actor. I picked the one with the most words. And. Uh, uh, Clive Barnes, critic for the、uh, New York Times, the famous Clive Barnes,、uh, gave me a wonderful review. Said that I was one of the real people on stage that night. And Joe Papp, that night, 1971, really started my acting career. And I owe I owe him, Lou Adler, and Jim Steinman so much. You can, I can never tell you.、Yeah. Um, I should say this: that acting is a constant、uh, rejection, and the one that I have not gotten over to、uh, over to this day is the fact that James Cameron cast Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic over me. I do not understand that, and it pisses me off. And Laurence Olivier said this: Every actor 
when he's on set every day is absolutely terrified and that's the truth now I need to tell you this my wife Deborah and I we just uh, bought a house in Austin and uh, we're moving to Austin and, and I can give you three reasons the first reason is the, the phrase, let's keep Austin weird. Well, I'm here. The second reason is Austin is called the Bat City. And who better to live in the Bat City than Meatloaf? And the third is I was doing a film which they showed up there where I was really the mean sheriff John Doggett and uh, directed by Antonio Banderas who was a marvelous director and at the premiere he introduced me to another director by the name of Robert Rodriguez and Robert said to me you were very good in this movie and I said thank you Robert he said I need to uh, put you in one of my movies. And I said, oh, great. Well, that was 11 years ago. So I moved to Austin to stop Robert Rodriguez. I will be in a Robert Rodriguez movie come hell or high water. Now, in my, I, I, I've been doing this for 46 years now, and uh, in my career, I've stood on top of the mountain, and I've stood in the darkest valleys, but tonight, I want to thank the Austin Film Society for letting me stand on the mountain tonight. I'm going to actually quote the words of Tom Cruise to the Austin Film Society and to all of you out there. And for this fabulous honor, you complete me. Thank you very, very much. Welcome horns! Back in 1993, that, that year for Christmas, I received an amazing Christmas gift that year. So, for Christmas that year, this was back in the 1990s when CDs came out in these 12-inch boxes. And they opened up and you had the small CD in, in, in the middle of this 
12 inch by 6 inch um, box, you open up the box. So that year, I was inside the box, and on the outside of the box, there was an envelope. And in the envelope, I received two tickets to go see Meatloaf at the Bat of the Hell 2 CD tour here in Omaha, Nebraska, down at the Civic Auditorium, back when it was still a concert hall and event venue. Since then, we now have the Quest Center, or the, what is it, the CHI Healthcare Auditorium. It was one of the, it was when I got first exposed to like the best ever show in history. Meatloaf was an amazing act to see. He, he's in at least my top 10 of most talented, most charismatic uh, person I've ever seen on stage. And I've seen a lot of them. I've seen Ozzy Osbourne. I've seen Alice Cooper. Kiss. I've seen some of the most amazing bands. But no one... I mean, there's the, like maybe a top ten for me of people that can command the audience like he did. And along these these people that have impressed me by taking control of the audience, making them do things that were exciting and new and fresh. Some of my other favorite bands that I've seen in my lifetime that commanded an audience were great musicians such as Freddie Mercury of Queen, Dave, David Draymond of Disturbed, Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit, Chester Bennington of Linkin Park, and a good old friend that I met here in Omaha back when we had a thing called the Ranch Bowl. It was a bowling alley slash concert hall. Small venue, amazing bar, amazing time. My friend Corey Taylor of Slipknot, Stone Sour. Two amazing bands I got to see. I got to see Stone Sour before they were like the in thing, the new thing. Saw Corey Taylor perform great songs back in the early 90s. It was an amazing time for me. Fresh out of high school that year. Music was a great scene for me. It was a good inspiration. Back when I was in high school, I was in a, a band. Couldn't I don't remember the name of it too well, but I knew it translated from German to English as something about abortions. I don't remember. I was just a drummer. We had a front front man who was from Germany. I believe his name was Gilat, something like that. I can't remember that well. But he was an amazing singer. I was an amazing drummer back when I was 17 years old, graduated from high school, had my whole life ahead of me. But this is my thank you to Meatloaf, and this is my tribute. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you.